Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern, and today is December 26th, 2019. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful Christmas Eve, wonderful Christmas Day. Uh, we are now on to the second day of Christmas, I suppose. And the poem that I'm going to read today is by T.S. Eliot. It's called Journey of the Magi, one of Eliot's more famous poems, I, I would think. Eliot lived from 1888 to 1965. He is uh, famous for the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, The Wasteland, The Hollow Men, Ash Wednesday, The Four Quartets, and he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1948. This, as I said, is poem called The Journey of the Magi, and it's a great poem for the days following Christmas. This is how it goes. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The ways deep, and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow, there were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out, and the lack of shelters in the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villagers dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then, at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley, wet, below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a watermill beating the darkness and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, Six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued, and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember, and I would do it again. But set down this, set down this, were we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence, and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here, in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. So this is a, a poem of three stanzas. I sometimes wonder if each of these three stanzas is to represent one of the wise men. So in the first stanza, we've got the, uh, the story of the journey and, and people telling them that their voices, it, people telling them in their, in their ears, the voices in their ears saying that what they were doing was folly. And so the first out, the first stanza ends with this question of doubt. And then the second stanza is about them continuing on and, and finally arriving and finding the place, as you may say, satisfactory. And then the third stanza is about after the fact. It's about what the journey, what they saw there meant to them, how it changed them. And so I wonder if, um, you know, he could have done this in four stanzas or five or 
two or one, but he did it in three because of the three wise men. And also I wonder if each of the stanzas um, being set apart, maybe representing a person, suggests a sort of alienation. Because it seems like our poet here has a sort of um, alienation in the voice of, of the, the narrator. There's this sort of longing for something greater, but pursuing it steadfastly, but not without doubt. Steadfastly, um, even though you, you may not know, or our character may not know what it means, what they're pursuing. There's a lot of philosophical allusions, a lot of theological allusions, a lot of historical allusions, um, allusions to a lot of other poetry in this in this poem, as was is the case with much of Eliot. I don't have time to explain all of them, but if you want to look up more, you know, certainly Google it. And there are even individual images, such as uh, the three trees against the low sky, you know, a number of things like that 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 you could write whole essays on. Uh, we I could do an entire podcast just on those. But again. There's not time for it in, in a brief reflection here. But what is interesting to me, in summary, is the way we have a narrator, a character, a person here who is born witness to something absolutely crucial, uh, to something that he recognizes in the moment goes beyond or means more than what even they anticipated when they set out. And the very act of setting out is a sort of hopeful act. Uh, and, I, and this poem is one of those poems that to me has me contemplating the concept of hope in the midst of doubt, hope in the face of doubt, uh, steadfast hope, even when there's voices in your ear telling you what you're doing is nonsense, even when you don't know ultimately what it's going to mean. And even though in the end, you sort of find yourself longing for even more than, what the, lo- than the thing that you longed for at the beginning. Uh, the word satisfactory at the end of the second stanza is fascinating to me uh, because it seems by the end of the poem that it's not, nothing really has been satisfactory. But in the face of that lack of satisfaction, our narrator seems hopeful. Uh, so those are just some impressions. This is a poem that you could study quite deeply. I've done, you know, I did a podcast, a, a lengthy hour long podcast on this one, and I can post that in the, in the show notes. Um, if, if you're interested in that, I did that with uh, Matt Bianco and, and Christine Perrin. So that may be of interest to you if you want to dive deeper. But uh, here once more is Elliot's Journey of the Magi. A cold coming we had of it. Just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The way's deep and the weather's sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a watermill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon finding the place. 
It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember. And I would do it again. But set down this. Set down this. We let all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought that they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.